0: Today I want to talk to you uh, about choices. So this photo right here is really important to my wife and I. Uh, the reason it's so important to my wife and I in, in 2019 uh, of May is when I got originally diagnosed. And and uh, this photo we took, we had just finally did a, a couples retreat. Uh, meaning my wife and I finally got away from our four kids after like a couple years where we hadn't done anything. We went to Breckenridge. And we got a couple nights and we had an awesome, awesome time together. And as we were leaving Breckenridge, we we snapped a quick picture of the two of us together, you know, a little quick selfie. And it was actually about uh, two or three weeks after this is when I got diagnosed. So the crazy part is here I am, you know, smiling perfectly healthy. I actually had cancer already and had no idea that I had cancer already. So uh so we look at this picture, and honestly, sometimes I look at it, and it's tough, harder for me. because I'm like, oh man, how good did I have it? You know? And uh, but right after that is when life changed forever. There's there's no question about it, it changed. And how did it change? I want to talk to you a little bit. So this is my wife and I in 2018 or 17. 17, I think it is. 17, 16. We're at the Grand Canyon uh i'm weighing 265 pounds i'm a lot bigger than, than i am today and that i was in that picture in Breckenridge. My my wife you know so i'm not telling you how much she weighs because you know i love her and um, <clears throat> so we'll keep that silent but we we're at the grand canyon with our four kids in, enjoying time and we were really a very much of an active couple i mean we were active i mean we did stuff we were not couch potatoes we barely watched tv but we were both larger than we wanted to be. Like, no matter what we did, we couldn't lose weight, we couldn't do anything, we, we thought we were healthy and stuff, but we couldn't lose any weight. And the reason we couldn't lose any anyway weight is because, you know, I liked my burgers, you know, I liked my certain foods, and, and I'm talking to you about this because this is a big part of our story, okay? Big part. And, and so we weren't necessarily eating a whole lot right, but we were working out. I mean, my wife and I would go to the gym four or five days a week. We were doing hard workouts, hard workouts, but still not getting any results that we wanted to get. Uh, I was the biggest I'd ever been. I was like 265 pounds. And, uh, and we were working out and doing all these things, but nothing changed. We are like, this is just huge. It was like a huge Goliath tarantula. That's what this is. Don't worry, they don't live here in Colorado. So you won't find one of these in your home. This was actually taken by a friend of mine found it in their house in Florida. They do live in Florida. Yeah. Ooh. But we were kind of like just like this spider, just looking at our reflection, going, nothing's changing. We just feel like we can't do anything. We're just stuck. And um, and then that's when we met these guys. And that's the chiropractic center here that you're in. So actually, the first person I met was Dr. Zach in the middle. I met him at the gym we were working out at. And I'd seen him like two or three times there. And I was like, yeah, we're, we're under chiropractic care already. And we were. Uh, my wife and I were, we were, you know, we were the health gurus. I mean, we barely liked to take ibuprofen, you know, during those times. I mean, we did, we did all those things that are like, you know, we want to be healthy. We want to do good. Oh, chiropractic care. We believe in, you know, all those kind of stuff. So we met Dr. Zach and then we came and met Dr. Tim and, and of course, Dr. Troy, and we met them and, and started, you know, kind of talking to them and, and stuff like that. But when we met them, I weighed 265 pounds, couldn't lose weight. I felt tired all the time. Lower back hurt, neck hurt, knees hurt. My wife, she weighed, we're not saying, but couldn't lose weight. She felt tired, had massive sciatica, and she had blepharitis in her eyes. Meaning her eyes would get like swollen shut and and, like crusty and red and back pain. And there were days where my wife was like, just everything hurts today. And you know, she's got minor scoliosis that she was born with and, and things like that. So when we met them though, we were already like under a chiropractic care at a different place, trying to get treatment and, and wanting to change. And then we had a meeting with Dr. Troy actually about our nutrition goals. <clears throat> and, uh, and we sat down with him. And uh, I remember he, he's like, well, what's your goal? So I'm weighing 265 at the point. He said, what's your goal? I said, well, I'd like to get down to like 225. And he goes, why? I said, well, that just seems right to me. Two, two and a quarter, that'd be great to get down to that weight. He's like, okay. And then he asked Laura the same question and she answered it. And, and then he looked at me and goes, well, what would be like your ultimate goal? I said, well, if I could get down to the weight I was when I was a ski racer and, uh, and skiing and active all the time. He goes, what's that? I said, I was around 200. You know, that's when I was like, I'm, I'm shredded at 200. And I'm she goes, well, why isn't that your goal? I said, well, that's a big goal, man. I don't know if I can, you're asking me to lose 65 pounds. He's like, well, yeah, but well, why isn't that your goal? Why are you going to hold yourself short? Why isn't that your goal? So I'm like, yeah, that's, that's, I guess that's a good point. Why isn't that my goal? So we set that goal and we decided we committed to adjusting we committed to home rehab, you know, doing this stuff and exercises at home. We committed mostly to, we just wanted to feel better. Right. I wanted to get results. And what we did at first is we switched everything we were eating to all organic. We went organic. And we had never gone all organic. We went all organic, cut out chemicals, anything processed. We just stopped. Right when we did that, within the first month, we we both lost weight right away. It was like our body just cleansed out. So I didn't really change like, oh, I'm not eating carbs or not, you know, only eating this much protein. I just, we just went organic. Okay, if it wasn't organic, we weren't gonna eat it. And we lost weight, like lost like five pounds in the first month. And then, so after that though, uh, we were coming in and Dr. Troy met with us and we were like, man, we got some results here. Dr. Troy, what else can we do? And he had already planted the seed for doing like a keto-based diet, right? Which we've all heard. And the one he gave us was Keto 360, which (laughs) is an organic-based keto diet. And we said, okay, we'll do this. Let's make this happen. And so we did that. And uh, I lost 45 pounds. I got down to 225, you know, in that time. My wife got to her target weight, our energy skyrocketed, our habits completely changed, lifestyle improved, and our family experienced all new positivity. And this is my wife working out. I mean, this was crazy. What you saw from us in the Grand Canyon to what this is, it's like literally overnight an overnight, wasn't overnight transformation, but it was a transformation. So that's so huge for, for me and, and her because there were times where she was hurting and couldn't even get out of bed. Like it just hurts so bad. So the idea that here she is pumping weight and getting shoulders and biceps and working out hard, it's like a completely 180 degree shift from, from what she was able to do before. And it all started because we, we started coming here. So I was working out too, getting in shape. Everything was going great. And then here's that picture again, May of 2019. We're both in shape. I'm actually, at this point, I'm actually weighing about 207. I got down to 207 pounds, so seven pounds away from our goal. And, and we're, we're still hitting it, right? I'm like, I'm getting there, this is gonna happen. I feel great, uh, I'm in the best shape of my life, honestly. Uh, so is Laura, we're in the best shape of our life. We have so much energy, we're vibrant, smiling. It was like one of those times where you're like, Things are just good, you know? We're feeling good, family's good, a lot of things are going right. But then I got diagnosed with a rare cancer. Approximately out of four million people in the state of Colorado, every year, 10 to 15 people will get the type of cancer that I was diagnosed with. It's super rare, super rare. It's actually called salivary duck carcinoma. Uh, it's super rare out of 10 to out of 4 million 10 to 11 people will get it every year That's the kind of cancer that I was diagnosed with so that was really good news right when I heard that right? How did I discover it? I always get asked that question You know people always want to know how did you know you had this because in and that picture before there were no signs you were, you were healthy and strong and wonderful and then there were no signs How did you know the only thing I knew was on my right side of my neck? There was a, I felt a bump and honestly, I thought it was a cyst. And even, you know, my, my wife had something similar a few years ago, and it was a little cyst she had. So we're like, it must be the same kind of thing, because how could it be cancer? I'm eating organic, I'm on keto, I just lost all this weight, I'm healthy, I'm doing all those things, I, I'm not eating sugar. All those things that you're supposed to do to not get cancer, I was doing. Okay, we were doing. And, uh, and so I discovered it by, by a lump. The next question i asked what was it like for me when i first heard it was awful i'm not going to kid you it was terrible it was devastating uh, i was a mess i was crying 24 7. this is the end of my life i'm done uh you know I'm, I'm my mind wanted to immediately go oh my gosh do i have 12 months to live you know where is this taking me what's going to happen my kids my wife i mean all the every emotion you could possibly think of i felt it's, it literally i was at my primary doctor here in Colorado. And, uh, and when I went to go see her, and I'll never forget, she felt around it, and then she felt the lump, and then she looked at me and she goes, have you had any dental work? I said, no, I'm in the dental business actually. Nope, I haven't had any dental work. I know where you're going with this. Have I had a root canal, and maybe there's a drainage, infection, something happening? I said, nope. She goes, well, I hate to tell you this, but the only thing I can think about this might, it could be cancer. And I literally went from that office to down the hallway to the ultrasound, where they ultrasound it. And then immediately the doctor called me back and said, yes, it's definitely a lymph node and it's an inch. The lymph node should be maybe a centimeter and it's inch, it's huge. And, it's, and so they're like, the next thing we need to do is get a biopsy on it and we gotta send you for a PET scan where they, they scan you and they actually inject a sugary substance into your body and that lights up the cancer cells. And so, um, so it was awful. So I didn't handle it great, Well, you know, what did I do next? I I was like, well, what the heck do I do? What are my options here? So it came back positive. My biopsy came back positive. The PET scan showed it was all on the right side. It wasn't anywhere else. It was all on the right side of my neck um, and had infected about 30 or 40 lymph nodes as well. So it wasn't just the one lymph node was the main, but there was also about 30 or 40 lymph nodes on the right side of my neck that were infected as well from, from cancer. And so I had to go, what are my options? So everything is risk versus reward in the medical world. I hope you understand that. You know, doctors are awesome, but they don't have all the answers and they can't tell you, yes, this is gonna be perfect. Everything is risk versus reward. So you have to like weigh these two. So so we started weighing, what is the risk versus reward in all this? Cause my options are, I could do traditional treatment, chemo, radiation, right? Which we know of, but most people don't know that. I could do an alternative treatment, was like molecular studies and vitamin C treatments and things like that. Uh, I could do no treatment. That was an option. I could say, you know what, I'm not gonna put myself through this and I'm gonna just see where this takes me. And I'm just gonna live until I just can't live anymore. So those were our choices. And so my wife and I were literally like, what do we do? Well, (laughs) no treatment immediately was off the table. You know, I was like, no, I I wanna fight, I'm, I'm a fighter. Alternative treatment was very interesting, but crazy expensive, like $50, sixty thousand $60,000 out of my own pocket. If I wanted to go down that way, just to start it and insurance doesn't cover alternative treatment at all, right? It, it doesn't you, you, it only covers traditional treatment. So we didn't have that financial level basis to be able to do an alternative treatment In my opinion, and this is totally book of Gagerson. I wish insurance companies would allow patients like me to choose and what I felt was best. I'm not saying one is better than the other because I don't know that answer, but I, I do know that as a, as a patient, I would like to have the option to know, can I do alternative treatment or do I want to go traditional treatment? My insurance would cover both and just let me make that decision, but don't force me into one. That's just my, my take because there's so much information out there, right? And when you go through cancer, you start to learn so much medical information about what we do know and what we don't know. And traditional therapy, they don't know everything. Alternative therapy doesn't know everything either, okay? They don't have all the answers. Traditional therapy doesn't have all the answers either. We we don't have both. So as a patient, you have to decide as you're looking in, what do you believe is gonna work best for you? You know, what do you think is the best risk versus reward for you, okay? So everything came down to it. We chose traditional treatment, right? We had to and uh and during traditional treatment we i got treated down at md anderson in houston is where we decided to go and it was a big commitment to go down there but uh, my my thought process was like if i'm going to go through cancer treatment and i'm fighting something like cancer i want to be at the best place in the country that was just my thought process. why why would i go anywhere else i want to be at the best place in the country and whatever sacrifice we need to make as a couple we decided as a couple we were going to make so dad can get the best treatment he possibly can so we went to md anderson houston is where i got treatment now this is an interesting thing oh before i go into this why did i share with you our weight and how i lost all that weight and everything because one of the questions my primary asked me was have you lost any weight recently and i said well yeah on purpose i I was at 265 about a, a year or so ago I'm now at uh, 207 so yes she's like okay so you lost weight purposely i said yeah and i remember looking at her going i am so healthy how could this possibly cancer i just lost all this weight Uh, and she looked at me and she goes you know thank god you lost all that weight i said why she goes well if you were really heavy again you may have never felt the lump Mm -hmm. you still wouldn't know you had cancer i went yeah she goes you should be really thankful you made those decisions she's like losing all that weight probably what's going to be a basis for why you're going to save your life you're going to be able to beat this and i remember going whoa never would (coughs) have thought when we made that choice a year ago of how it would have impacted something like that and that my primary made a comment like that so you, you think that day i was pretty thankful for making some different decisions a year ago you bet you bet i was so now here's an interesting thing so when you go through cancer, you meet with nutritional oncologists. So these are nutritionists who study through school, but then they specialized in cancer patients and nutrition. Because the biggest thing when you're going through chemo and radiation, they want to keep your weight pretty even, they want you to eat proper, because the biggest concern if your body doesn't get the nutrients to fight and deal with the treatments, it makes things a lot worse for you. Your side effects are, are much worse and, and so forth. So. I met with two different nutritional oncologists, uh, one in Texas and, and then one here in Colorado I met with. So um, sugar is a fuel for cancer, is what one nutritional, um, um, uh, nutritional oncologist told me. Best to eat a low sugar, no sugar diet to help fight it. In fact, vegetarians tend to have less sickness. One nutritional oncologist told me that. So didn't tell me I had to go vegetarian. Didn't say stop eating meat. You know, she didn't say that. She's just like, but I would definitely recommend um, taking sugar. The other one, that top comment. The other nutritional oncologist told me, look, it doesn't matter. Your body's going to convert everything to glucose, which is then the fuel. So the idea that uh, idea of a no sugar diet to help heal and fight cancer is not supported at all. The other nutritional oncologist told me. And she's like, I don't recommend you eat a ton of sweets because, you know, for other healthy reasons, but the idea of eliminate sugar will help you beat cancer, she didn't agree with. Both are nutritional oncologists. Both are in the same field. One tells me, don't eat sugar, stay away from it. The other says, not a big deal, just moderation is not gonna make a difference. How is that possible? They're both nutritional oncologists and they have two completely different points of view on nutrition. Why is that the body is the most complicated biomechanical machine that there is. The fact is we don't understand all of it. That's just the fact. So one nutritionist adheres to the glucose theory and idea and another nutritionist adheres to the, there's no reason, uh, that the idea of eating sugar is bad. So it's the same thing for us as patients. And the same thing for us as just human. We have to decide which, which one do we want to believe. Do we choose to believe that nutrition and eating sugar is gonna make a big difference or it's not? Because in the, in the medical world, there are two different theories and neither one of them are necessarily wrong because they both can find reports and studies that support their ideology <coughs> and what they believe. So they're not wrong for telling me this. So I, I'm not upset at either one of these nutritional oncologists, they're both right because of what they adhere to and what they're studying. So again, it's that risk versus reward decision I had to make. Like, do I believe that going to a no sugar diet and making that sacrifice is gonna benefit me as a cancer patient to fight cancer? Or do I think it's really not a big deal and I should just you know, just eat smart? I had to make that decision. So I, 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 I personally made the decision to continue a keto diet through cancer. Through all my treatments i stayed on a keto diet and if you don't know keto basically there's no sugar in keto and there's no carbs in keto it's it's a ton ton of vegetables and protein and things like that i adhere to a keto diet that was my decision though. okay and and neither nutritionist was against that they both were like yeah that's fine that's great as long as you keep your weight and everything's good follow a keto diet another one a doctor told me chiropractic won't make a difference in your immunity I had a, a, an MD tell me that, you know, one of my oncologists told me that. But then my surgeon who really is at MD Anderson, she is amazing. Um, she actually told me chiropractic makes a huge difference in your immunity. She goes, I'm fully on board with that. I, I think if the body is stays in line and is functioning better, it's only better for you. She's like, I, I, she goes, there's nothing that could be wrong with you getting treatment. It could only help you. I believe it makes a difference. So, interesting, right? Surgeon says, yes, chiropractic is huge for immunity. Another one says, ah, won't make a difference. Again, neither one of them are wrong because based upon what they're listening to and what they're reading supports their ideology. So, I made the choice, oh, I believe that chiropractic makes a huge difference. So, you have to choose what you believe in, in all of these decisions as you go down your path, right? What, what do you think is right and what do you think is wrong? Who, who, who you agree with? Who do you disagree with? Right? All of these medical decisions, um, and, and everything that you go through, you have to believe that. So this is my first time ringing the bell from radiation. In the in the video I showed you earlier, that was a second time. This is the first time me ringing the bell in radiation. So here, the first time I went through a seven hour surgery. This is my first surgery. I went through a seven hour surgery of a right neck dissection. So they removed the tumor from my salivary duct, and then they removed about 30 or 40 lymph nodes from my neck, all on the right side here. Sewed me up. I actually was only in the hospital a night, uh, and then came came back to Texas, had to stay in Texas for another four or five days, and and did a follow-up. I went through six cycles of chemo, um, where they were doing carboplatin and taxol, uh, two strong chemotherapies very used today. And then they were also using uh, a new targeted therapy called Herceptin. And I went through 33 uh, sessions of of what's called photon radiation. That's what most people think when they think radiation. Um, It's a very quick process. And then uh, I celebrated NED for nine months after. Anybody have any idea what NED stands for? Anybody? Anybody remember? No evidence of disease. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the term they use in the, in the cancer world. It's just like, hey, you're, first time I heard it, uh, my oncologist came out and says, you're Ned. I said, well, what? what? You know, and he's got a sense of humor. I lo- he's a wonderful human being. And he's, he said, you're Ned. So what's that mean? He goes, hey, there's no evidence of disease. Got your scan, there's nothing there. So I got to experience nine months of Ned. And uh, it wasn't an easy nine months though, because outside of physically recovering, I had to recover up here. This was the hardest part. The, the the easy part's the physical stuff for me. The hard part is the mental stuff, right? Because you're you're dealing with all these emotions and all these changes, and your life does change. And I had to accept that. I was holding on to. I wanted my life to be like it was in that picture of 2019. And I, I had to come to grips to understand it's not ever going <coughs> to be like that. I have to just. We have to decide to carve kind of what the new path is. And what life looks like on a regular basis today, and we have four kids. You know, we have a 20 year old. We have a 17 year old. You saw. We have a 14 year old, and we have a 10 year old. So we had to we had to go through that as well. Like, what are what the new life for our kids? Because um, you saw in that video, we were we were out of town. Here's the video. Now now something almost- i get to burn this now. I get to burn that, and I did. I burned my first mask. I did burn the first mask. What I want to share with you there is I just finished chemo, just finished 33 sessions of radiation. Look how strong I am. I'm not like this weak little guy, right? I kept my weight. I kept my energy to the best I could. Trust me, there were times where it wasn't so great. You can't sit there and tell me that my nutritional choices going through didn't make a difference. I don't think you can tell me that. Now, did I have to force down some spinach salads? You bet I did, because it, they it tasted awful. I did lose my taste. Did I have to force down some chicken? You bet, because it tasted like cardboard. It was, I mean, chicken was repulsive, but I, I forced it down. And, and so you can't sit there. So even though I'm smiling, honestly, I have no taste there. I, I can't taste anything. Uh, my neck is all red and irritated, but I actually wasn't experiencing tremendous amount of pain. Uh, some 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 pain and, and I was able to, to actually, this is the crazy part. During this whole process, my wife and I were still working out. Now my workouts changed dramatically. Okay, where she was still doing her aggressive stuff. I'm more like using an eight pound medicine ball and just doing some things. But I was still being active at least 15 to 20 minutes a day. I was still being active and exercising. Because I also believe that the ideology that if you oxygenate yourself, and keep yourself oxygenated, it helps fight you know, the bad things in your body, helps your immune system. So I was like, I adhere to that, so I'm gonna force myself to exercise. And even my doctors are like, you are the only, this is MD Anderson, all they do is cancer. And if you've ever been there, the place is, it's a city block, it's huge. And the doctor said, you're, you're, you're the only patient I've literally ever seen who is like, working out, coming in smiling, this or that and i said well trust me i have my moments of tears and sadness and woe is me but i'm doing my best to fight this thing because i'm in for the fight i'm in to win not just uh, get through and so uh so yeah so i celebrated that. i was super happy burned that mask and it was great why do i share this photo here you know got a little arrow it's about the picture in the back so that picture in the back, I got home from treatment um, just before Christmas in 2019. And uh, we got home and that was my first Christmas celebrator with my whole family when, when I got back. And I just remember thinking that day when I woke up on Christmas morning about how thankful I was to be able to celebrate another Christmas with them that because I have thoughts like I may never celebrate another anything with anybody. Right? So I was so thankful in that photo. I'm like, you know, I'm here. I'm present. I've gone through treatment. You know, I'm done. Cancer's never coming back. I'm happy. Every, we're going to move forward. I was so thankful for that Christmas and and just being able to be with the ones I love. But then uh, nine months, right? Went by. Right from when I got back and it came back again. And when it came back again, it was all on this right side in my skin. So it was in my lymphatic system of my skin. So it wasn't skin cancer. It was still salivary duct carcinoma, but this time it had moved into the skin's lymphatic system and revealed itself on the right side of my neck. And, uh, and it was weird cause it was red itchy. I was getting these like stabbing nerve pains every once in a while. And so uh, I went to the dermatologist here at CU Health at Ann Schultz. that's where I, I get treatment now. And uh, they did a biopsy and the dermatologist called me back and said, look, it's, it's the same type of cancer that you originally diagnosed with. She's like, so you need to meet with your doctors, find out. So sure enough, my wife and I went back to Houston, met with my surgeon and my oncologist and my radiation doctor back there and uh and they said okay well there's a few options one we try to nail it with chemotherapy and see if we can get it to shrink down and kill it option two do nothing right option three we can do surgery and uh and and my surgeon who has actually grew up in summit county crazy enough um she's like i'm not talking you into surgery you have to decide what you want to do However, she goes, if we hit it with chemo and it does not react and it continues to grow, it could get too big of an area where we cannot surgically remove it. And then we're kind of out of options, right? She's like, but it could work. And I want you to know the surgery we would do is a pretty extensive surgery. It's not like it's, it's much bigger than what you already went through. And there's more side effects. And she went through everything with me. And I was like, oh, great. I said, okay, well, let me call you back. So my wife and I met and I said, well, you know, I'm all about cut it out, get it out. I don't want it in my body, let's just deal with it. You know, I'll overcome the physicalities of surgery. I know I can. And so uh, sure enough, I went down for surgery and uh, and it was a 13 hour surgery. And they gave me another PET scan before I went in and they found out that it actually also spread to the lymph nodes on my left side of my neck. So now I had cancer on the right side in my skin lymphatic system and it had moved to the left side crazy part is the doctors looked at me and said, your cancer is the craziest cancer I've ever seen, my surgeon said. It's crazy. It's not behaving like a normal cancer. And I was like, what's a normal cancer? She goes, well, normally if it's on the right side, it stays on the right side. Or, or then maybe move to an organ. But your organs are clean. Everything else is clean. And the fact it shows up in the skin and now it's on the left side, she goes, it's just weird. That very unlike, it just, you, got, you got a weird one. I said, well, I've been told I've been weird all my life, so it doesn't surprise me, you know? So I went through a 13 hour surgery and a left neck dissection and a leg flap, of <clears throat> chemo and 33 sessions now of proton radiation. So if I was to show you my leg here, I have a, a huge wound on my leg, it's all healed up. You can see it. It's five inches by seven inches. It's exactly what's on my neck. So they took out the big subcutaneous fat and skin. Luckily, the one thing I told them is, please don't take any muscle. Just don't take muscle from, a, I'm a skier. I don't wanna lose my strength. And my surgeon down there who, who uh, actually removed the flat part, Dr. Uh, uh, plastic surgeon down there, uh, Dr. Patrick, he's like, I'll do my best, man. I get it, I'm a skier too. I go out to veil every year, he tells me. I said, great. I said, well, please. He's like, all right. So they took a five by seven inch skin flap, sewed it up here, right. Can, had to connect two arteries, two uh, to the vessels to feed the flap. Cause you got to feed this thing. It does. They don't just sew it on. And it's like, poof. it's like, no, he's dealing with these like millimeter blood vessels and sewing little blood vessels together. It's amazing what we're able to do. It's like, holy smokes. Right. And, and then they, and they put this up here at the same time. They did a left neck section, removed 20 lymph nodes on my left-hand side. Uh, they removed. So, um, so uh, and I had 33 sessions of proton radiation. So that's me, actually, the day after surgery. Uh, in the morning, I took a picture to send it to my wife. And, uh, and that's how I have that picture. So I actually have like five drains in me. Do you see kind of a glimpse of one right there? That's a drain. I had a drain here, I had a drain here, I had a drain here, I had a drain here. I Literally, uh, it's like, you know, it's like a robot with these drains, you know, just coming out. And so uh, it was just crazy what, what we did. Ridiculous amount of stitches. I joked around and asked the doctor, how many stitches did you use? He goes, we lost count. You know, he told me, he goes, we lost count, man. He goes, just a, a lot of stitches. So this was 13 hours, six cycles of chemo, 33 sessions of proton radiation uh, to, uh, was my, my whole treatment there. Okay. Oh, one of the things I wanted to tell you is red meat. It's, uh, you know, one of the things, one of the nutritional oncologists told me here in Colorado, she said, if you eat too much red meat, it actually has shown signs to increase your, your cancer, you know? So, so don't eat a ton of red meat. You can eat. So don't think that if you eat a steak, it's going to bring back cancer, but just don't eat a ton of red meat. She said, I said, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Well, that's actually not a steak. That's my leg. That's what my leg looked like after surgery. It looks like a steak. That's my leg. That's my quadricep. Hopefully I'm not grossing anybody out. But that's my, quadricep. if I am, close your eyes. That's my quadricep. That's my muscle. I woke up and granted there was a, you know, wound, but when the doctor had to take off the bandages, because the reband, I saw that. And I was like, how am I alive? How am I alive? You just took this thing here. I'm looking at my muscle and you showed it here and I'm breathing and talking. How am I alive? I should be dead. There's no way it just, it just proved to me about what you can do to the human body and what the body's willing to endure and the body wants to heal. And, and I personally, this is my own personal belief. I believe that I was, we were all created to heal. That that, like I really feel like God was just like, hey, you know what? Yeah, crap's gonna happen. I'm gonna make it like you can take parts and interchange them and put them here and put them there. I mean, it's pretty amazing because I'm like, how am I alive with a five by seven inch hunk of my leg taken out, put on my neck where you got all these main arteries and everything going on, and and I'm alive. The cool part was um, when uh, when we did the flap and I met with my doctor afterwards. I said, so tell me about the process a little bit on my follow-up, like what happened here? And how do you, how do you connect the blood vessels? I get into that stuff. And he actually looked at me and goes, well, yours was actually pretty cool. He goes, you had something less than uh, like 10% of patients have when we have to do these. And I said, what's that? And, and I'm not a doctor, but he, he kind of, I'm gonna explain in layman's terms that, that I understood. He goes, well, your flap, when I took it off, you have like this basically like a bifurcated uh, blood vessel, the two main vessels. Most people just have one vessel that comes down. You basically like have this, like two vessels that come down. So what that meant for you is that when I put the flap on, I was able to connect two main vessels to your flap rather than one. He goes, so your flap is turbocharged. He told me, he goes, you got a turbocharged flap. He goes, so the circulation is better. It'd be better for healing better for all these things and I was like really he goes yeah he goes we see it but it's not it's not common he goes you happen to have that I was like interesting I, I almost felt like oh I guess my body knew that it was going to go through something down the road somehow it's like we better put two vessels there because he's going to need it up here eventually You know, that's how I my perspective on it at least right so what's this photo this is this photo we my wife and I didn't take this photo my daughter my 14 year old So. My, my wife came to pick me up, because remember, I was in the hospital for five days and couldn't see her because of COVID. There was no visitors allowed. So I came out of surgery, the nurses and staff were ph- phenomenal, but I couldn't see my wife other than FaceTime, couldn't talk to her for five, you know, couldn't see her. So I got released. My wife's on the phone with our 14-year-old FaceTiming her. And, and, and I, I come out <laughs> and we cheered out and they put me in the car and I just grabbed her and hugged her. And then my daughter did the picture on her phone from facetime and she was like oh and she took she took our photo and we didn't even know it and then when we got back she was like can i share something with you we're like what she goes i took this picture i hope you're not mad we're like no we just cried but i i just it's amazing like i was just so missing my wife during those five five days like it was just like oh my gosh longest five days of my life right And so we were very, very happy. I'm just happy to be alive, hold her. I mean, she literally dropped me off at 6 a.m. on a Friday at the hospital, gave her a kiss, see you later. I went up, checked myself into surgery, sitting there with other people who also can't have visitors, get called in and uh, talked to her right before they gave me the the, the silly medicine. And I said, ah, and then literally 13 hours, 14 hours later is when she heard from me again. Uh, now, granted, the nurses gave her updates and they were phenomenal at, at MD Anderson, you know, and let her know, hey, he's good, he's fine, going through this. But 13 hours is crazy. So this is me, like halfway through radiation, you know, notice how swollen my face is. We're in Texas, right? So uh, crazy enough, where, does our, where, are, where do we live though? In Denver. So thank God for mom, you know, she came up, stayed with the kids. Uh, we were in Texas for like 12 weeks. Uh, the second time and the first time we were in Texas for like 10 weeks So twice we had to go down there and make make that sacrifice but crazy part here is there's the flap I mean look how good the flap looks compared to the rest of my skin, right? The flaps like I can take it, you know This, this is the leg muscle um, But also this is the second time that whole area is getting radiated and I don't know if anyone's ever seen radiation But this is actually my radiation mask right here um, they'd literally take this thing and before you go into radiation, they mold it to your face. So you go in and they, this is the substance they use and you lay down on the table and they, they mold this to you like this. And they wet it and then they mold it and it hardens. So then every time I went in for radiation, I would lay down on the table. They would take this mask and they would take, I think that to Yeah. And they would take this mouthpiece. This was my mouthpiece for for radiation. So they would take this mouthpiece and they would put this in my mouth. Okay, and then they and then they would put this mask on. So I couldn't talk at all. And the mouthpiece all this is designed to help protect your tongue. So they're trying to limit the amount of radiation your tongue gets so you don't lose your taste, but you lose your taste, but they, they're trying right? So you put this in. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so what i just said was that they would put this on me and then they lock it down these are all locks so it's actually tight i can't move now with photon radiation i would only be in this thing for maybe five minutes literally the machine just goes (laughs) it was great pop out my radiation point was like 15 minutes long you go in monday through friday for radiation it's not like Uh, Everybody's cancer story is a little different. Some people do Monday, Wednesday, Friday, depends on the cancer, you know, all those things. Mine was Monday through Friday for 33 sessions. Second time I went in, it was proton radiation. Totally different. Proton radiation is this four story machine behind the scenes. And when you lay down on this table, it's this big machine that like rolls around you. It's completely different. And my sessions, because I had four fields they were doing, um, meaning four areas they were radiating, uh, my sessions were anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes I was locked in this thing each time. So, plus I had all the surgery done, so my neck is stiff, you know, laying back hurts, you know, all those kind of things. So I'd be locked in this thing for like 35, 45 minutes. I'm just locked into this, can't talk, trying to breathe through my nose, you know, all the drainage is nasty. All that stuff, you know, and the best thing was when they would pull it off. (gasps) You know, you'd feel free and I'd come out. And Laura couldn't come in with me to that either. She would have to drop me off. I'd walk down into the lobby, wait my turn, go in, and then they they would lock me into this. And so you you get locked down because they don't want you to move because they don't want to radiate something that they're not supposed to radiate, right? That's why they lock you down in it. And so they did proton radiation this time because proton radiation shows the most effectiveness when you're dealing with skin stuff. And, uh, and so since this time it was mostly in the skin, they were like proton radiation is better than the, the photon. Because originally we were thinking I would do treatment in Colorado, chemo, because you can, UC has the same thing. There's centers that when it comes to radiation, chemo, they had the same thing. But when they hit me with proton, There's only like four places five places in the country that have a proton machine because they're 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 ridiculously millions of dollars so there's like one in texas there's one in new york at sloan there's one in seattle and there's one i think at uc davis or something like that and that's it so so as soon as they said proton i was like oh well we don't have any choice but to stay in houston this time and and to get treatment so I, i went through treatment again so this is us in houston going through treatment and then you know, you saw me, here I am ringing that bell again, for this is the chemo bell. Your chemotherapy treatment rings bell to tell That's a plaque they have that I'm reading. To be well. I'm kind of excited about that. <laughs>
1: Those are all the nurses.
0: Yay! <laughs> Yay! Cheering for me, right? I got tears in my eyes, of course. And then the other one was me ringing the gong, which you you saw already, and that's at the Proton Radiation Center. Now, the crazy part about um, this is I celebrated four months of Ned, no evidence of disease. So I went through treatment all a second time, celebrated four months, and then we went back, and I noticed something, that right there on my left side. See that little redness right there? That's what I noticed. I know me, I remember what this looked like when I first got diagnosed, I saw this popping up and I looked at my wife and I, and, and you know, and I always looked to my wife for confidence. I'd be like, honey, you don't think there's anything. You don't think my wife's amazing. You know, she'd be like, no, 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 honey. I, I don't think of that. And I finally looked at her and I said, I know this is something. This looks like this thing. I'm not stupid. This is something, honey. She's like, well, don't come to any conclusions. I said, I'm not, but I know what this is. Okay. We went down to Houston, they did a biopsy, came back again, salivary duct carcinoma in the lymphatic system, now on the left side. So all this surgery to remove it, Hey, okay, great, but in the MD's world, it wasn't successful because the, the, the cancer was able to travel to come here, all right? So I celebrated four months of, of NED, it came back this time the doctors looked at me and said surgery is out of the question there's no reason for us to do surgically remove that no reason to do another flap this time we have to treat it systemically we have to this is a systemic issue we're dealing with now 100 so there's no surgery on the table there's none of that on the table we just have to do chemo so what are your options i said what are my options well we have a trial here at md anderson that you can become a part of but for here, you have to basically live here because it's a trial, you got to check in like three times a week. We're like, well, we, we can't move to Houston permanently. We found out about a medication at CU called Katsila that has shown to work really well with breast cancer patients for the type of uh, cancer that I have even uh, has very similar uh, attributes as certain breast cancers do. <coughs> so all, all cancer research is really based off of breast cancer, a lot of it is. And so they look at that and then they look at mine and I'm like, what are the similarities? Okay, these are the similarities. These are the, the markers we see, that when we see these markers in breast cancer patients, this is how we treat it. So we see some of these markers, so we're gonna treat yours the same way, okay? Uh, and there's a medicine at CU that you could go to that has shown to have really good results. And you can go that way. Well, we're like, well, we can't move to Houston. Um, you know, that's not in the cards. So, you know, I already had an oncologist at CU. who was phenomenal. I said, you know, everybody was talking. That's one of the most amazing things that I love is all my doctors talk. There's no egos. None. they're all talking. They all want, we want to get him better. We want to get him well, right? So they talked and we decided to go the CU route and be at CU. So I go to Anshult. Uh I'm there every three weeks. I get an infusion still um, of this Katsyla. It's a chemo with a targeted therapy in it as well. So uh, it takes about, I don't know, once we're, well, it's an all day affair when we get there, cause you gotta do all the pre stuff first. And by the time we're done, it's six, seven hours or whatever. Fusion itself takes about, you know, two hours. Once they start an hour and a half, somewhere in there. Um, but I have this medicine that I get every three weeks. And the great news is it, it's working, you know, the med- and the, how we know it's working just simply by visuals. So my disease at this point was so microscopic that scans don't pick it up. So PET scans won't pick it up because yeah, when I had, before I got all this done, they sent me for another PET scan. My PET scan only showed the lymph nodes on the left side, didn't show any of this. And I was like, how does a PET scan not show this? Because it's, it's, it's microscopic disease, PET scans only so good. So they can't pick it up. So I do have a scan coming up, but we're like, you know, what is it gonna show? Probably nothing. And we already know that. So we, we simply go based upon visual and how I'm feeling to know if the medicine's working. And so it is, medicine's working. And uh, and you know, I'm, I finally have just started to get my energy back. All these great things are coming back. And so that's my view pretty much every three weeks. That's some shirts, we had some friends of ours and stuff that made these shirts for us the first time we went down. Had a little sense of humor, cause I tend to have a sense of humor. You know, team Jonathan beat this poop emoji. And uh, so we had some shirts made, you know, I was like, yeah. And then we have a, a verse on there. And, uh, but that's my view every every three weeks. My wife accompanies me we kind of spend the day at CU and have some fun and, and all that kind of stuff. So what's, uh, uh, what's my therapy like now? I have one hour therapy each morning I have to do. So I got to put this mask on that you see here that kind of compresses me. And I have another compression mask. I have all these massage things I do. I go see an occupational therapist every week and she has to massage me to get all the drainage and stuff going over my face will just be like a balloon every day, so I have to do that every morning. Something that ended up happening, uh, crazy enough, in August, uh, I started to notice I was having swallowing issues and I couldn't swallow. All of a sudden, I couldn't swallow water barely, like I would aspirate and cough and I couldn't swallow solid food. And uh, I went to my oncologist here and I, I, I told him, he goes, well, this happens. It's an effect of radiation. And your neck has gone through more radiation than anybody's neck should. <clears throat> and I went, okay. I said, what does this mean? He goes, well, we don't know. You guys go for a swallow study. We'll look to make sure there's not like, you know, anything really happening, like a new growth or something blocking it um but it may come back it may not so i looked at him so you're telling me i may never be able to eat real food he goes look i'm not trying to tell you that's for sure he goes but it's possible it does happen i'm like okay i didn't see this coming i was fine out of out of my stuff this is this is now august you know march i got out of radiation treatment so we're march april may june july five months later all of a sudden i can't swallow Weird. It's like it's an effect of radiation. So I went through therapies and I went through a swallow study. uh, You know, and they're like, yeah, you know, the problem is we think you have internal swelling of lymphedema, as well as the external. Your muscles from the surgery are not pulling your voice box out of the way, so it's blocking your ability to swallow. Plus, you have the swelling. Is what we think. We do not for sure, but this is what it looks like. So I said, okay, what do I do? And then I like, go to therapy, do the massages, get the swelling down, all that kind of stuff. And so I started to, and I worked very hard. I'm very diligent. And, uh, and after probably a good, oh, three months or so, or two months or so, um, one morning I woke up and I looked at my wife, I said, I think I can eat today. I was doing smoothies, and all of a sudden, even smoothies were hard. I would aspirate because it would go down the wrong pipe. I'd cough, vomiting was a daily routine, um, just part of my nature. And uh, and so then I woke up, and sure enough, I was I ate solid uh, solid food, and I was able to get it down. My mouth is permanently dry because I don't have any salivary ducts. So you know, I don't have parotid glands, so I don't, my body doesn't really produce much spit at all. I'm dry all the time, and. Uh, and so I went and I went to my doctor and he's like, so, you know, through, how's it, how's it going? Oh, not so good. And then finally I went back and he's like, how's the swallowing? You know, we're monitoring your weight. I had lost some weight cause I was on a liquid diet and I said, uh, I, I'm, I'm eating. He goes, really? I go, yeah. He goes, what changed? I go, no, I've just been doing the massaging, a lot of prayer, obviously stretching, going to my occupational therapy. He goes, you're, you're eating pretty much normal. I go, yeah, it came back. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much eating. I gotta drink a lot of water when I eat, but I'm eating. He goes, that's awesome. He goes, that's usually not the case. He goes, usually doesn't happen that way. And I was like, cool. So for a little while there, they thought they were gonna put me on a feeding tube. This is kind of the way I look every morning before I do any exercises. Face is swollen, you know, my eyes got the red swollenness. That's kind of a thing we're still working through. Flap looks really swollen you know things i deal with that every morning and i was told it will be like that forever you know nice that you, hair, though. what's that nice hair though thank you thank you <laughs> you know it's <what's> funny <laughs> that you bring that up is i was told that when i was gonna get chemo i would lose my hair right you you have that vision i didn't lose any hair and my doctor when i went to my doctor i said i haven't lost any hair he goes yeah he goes Very few low percentage of people don't lose their hair. You just happen to be one of them. I go, hey, cool. Well, I attribute it to my nutrition that I went through and and my diet. There's no scientific proof that that's why, right? I can't sit there and say, this is why. I'm just saying because I was so diligent in my nutrition and my body, how it was leading up to it. Remember, I was in the best shape of my life when I got diagnosed with cancer. I could only imagine if I was still 265 pounds when I got diagnosed what my treatment would have been like. I think it would have been a night or day difference. But because my body was prime in shape, it dealt with the treatments and everything so much better with things I didn't lose my hair, right? I was able to continue to work out. Like I finished radiation therapy kind of strong. I mean, all these things, you know, I I think it's also a reason why You know, they told me my cancer, if it spreads, it usually goes to lungs or the liver, Um, but it hasn't gone anywhere there. It's completely staying away and I I plan on keeping it that way, right? So what if, so I always think about, what if we ate organic from the start? You know, you automatically, when you go through something like I've gone through, you ask yourself: what if I made different choices? What if I had ate organically from the very beginning? Would that have made a difference? I don't know. I can't tell you it would. I know as soon as we get organic, I started to lose weight and feel better. But I, I don't know. But maybe it would have. What if we started a nutrition program sooner? What if I had met the, the doctors in 2015 rather than, than the eighteen? Would I have would have would it have my body gotten rid of whatever caused this for I don't know. I can't tell you for sure. But I can tell you know, I ask myself, <coughs> what if we met all the doctors sooner? What if we were consistent with healthy habits from the start? And and I mean I asked what if, what if, what if? I mean constantly, until I got to the point saying, I can't do that to myself. I can't because I've already gone through cancer and, and I'm already dealing with it. But my gosh, what if I had done this in 2016 and made those choices or 15, would I, could I have prevented you know, 24 weeks away from my, my kids? Could I have prevented ridiculous medical bills even with insurance? Could I have prevented being out of work for a long time? Could I have prevented the emotional distress this obviously puts the whole family through? Could I have prevented all of that if I would have made some healthier choices? I don't know, maybe I could have, maybe I wouldn't have. Maybe it was still just gonna happen no matter what. I don't know. But by gosh, if I knew then what I know now, (laughs) you bet I would have made some different choices, right? So I no longer ask what if, what if, but I did at the beginning. I asked what if, what if a lot. You know, what if I did this, what if I did that, right? Uh, then nothing would have changed. I may still have gotten cancer. Maybe this would have happened. Maybe life wouldn't have changed forever. Maybe it still would have changed forever. I, I don't know, but, but I, I do know there's, there's certain perspective changes, right? And there's myths. All cancer is the same. Not true. All cancer is not the same. Someone says they have cancer. It doesn't mean they're dying. Okay. Don't, don't assume that. Okay. Cancer is for sure death sentence? No, it's not. Now, I know there's different cases, trust me. I sat in radiation room. I sat in radiation room next to people who were told they were terminal. They were told they have 12 months to live, assuming they go through radiation and chemo, it'll give them 12 months. I, I was next to people and talked to people. I talked to people with brain tumors. I talked to, to women who were told their breast cancer was terminal. I talked to nine-year-old kids who were going through radiation treatment just like I was. I talked to them too. And um, you know, so I know that there is differences. And I do know that some people's situation was very different than mine. I feel very fortunate what my situation was. Like, crazy enough, I'm like, <laughs> I'm blessed with what I got. Because I met people who were told very different facts than I was told at the beginning. Right? There's no life with cancer, not true. There's tons of life with cancer when, if you get diet. And I believe that with any disease, you know, that a lot of it's a disease. Cancer is a disease, which means it can be cured. It can be taken care of. I, I fully believe that, you know, it's not something that we can't, you know, it can be cured. It, it can happen. Right. And so, uh, there is plenty of life with cancer. All doctors and hospitals are the same. No, they are not. They are not right? I was under chiropractic care before I met Dr. Troy and Dr. Zach. We've been on chiropractic care for years, but not all chiropractors are the same, right? And this is not a commercial for them. Just so you know, but they're not all the same. We came here and we're like, this is not, chiro- this is not see you later. Goodbye. This is like, Oh no, we're actually looking at the whole person, your lifestyle. What are your goals? Like when i sat down in the first little class i took here and they asked me my goal i said i want to be able to ski till i'm 90. that's my goal and i remember dr tim going that's a great goal and i said yeah i want to ski till i'm 90. i still have that goal i plan on skiing till i'm 90 years old without a doubt you know if i even if i got to be up there in a walker i'll be skiing till i'm 90. that's my goal so you know so not all doctors just like not all oncologists we met with an oncologist when i first got diagnosed in colorado and a surgeon oncologist was cool but we did not like the surgeon at all we were like no way and then that's when md anderson came up and popped up so not all doctors are the same so you you can't just go off of one opinion you know when something like this you can't just go okay got it let's take care it's like no i have to talk to other people it's one of the reasons why we actually like infinity wellness because there's two doctors here now There was three and now there's two there's there's more than one i can talk to dr zach get his thought and go let me see what dr troy's got to say let's see maybe they're different different thought different opinion okay cool i like that more minds like i love the fact that i have five doctors talking about me whenever i reach out about something hey what about this they send an email and they all email each other and then my usually my surgeon who i'm on really first-name basis with, right? I mean, she's seen me in ways that no one's seen me, right? Uh, She then will call me and say, okay, here's what we all came up with, what you think you should do. I love that. Five doctors talking about me, right? You can't be happy, happy living with cancer. I did believe that when I first got diagnosed. I'm not gonna sit there and tell you, oh, I got diagnosed and I was smiling. I was a mess, guys. It took me a year to finally get to a point where I could say I can be happy and I can, I can move on and life is so good and there's no reason for me not to wake up and be excited and, and to love life. And, and to, so it took me a year, but you can. Truth, each day we choose to smile. It's a choice, it is, it's a choice. Each day is a blessing for sure. Uh, I look at this, people are like, oh, when I first got diagnosed, the worst thing people did for me is I, I would say, yeah, I got diagnosed. You know what they do? Unfortunately, a lot of people, They then share the story of the person they knew that died from cancer right away. It's like, I mean, people who I know, well, be like, yeah, I got died. Oh, where is it? Oh, it's my lymph lymph nodes. Oh my gosh, my cousin, he got diagnosed with cancer was in lymph node system. And three months later, he was dead. That's great. Thanks. I got to go now. You know, (laughs) I mean, literally, I would be walking into my house. Be like, uh, I, I, and then Laura would look at me and go, "Why upset?" I said, "No, no, no, just heard another person sharing with me someone who died from cancer." You know, it's like everybody wants to share that. I'm like, "You think I wanted to hear that? I don't want to hear that. I want to hear the person who overcame, who fought, who may be still in the fight. I don't want to hear the dude who died or the female who died. I don't, I don't want that. But everybody wanted to share that with me, right? So I look at it this way. Yesterday. We could have all gotten hit by a bus and not be here today. That's just a fact we could have yesterday could have been our last day and we wouldn't have had a chance to say goodbye to anybody, hug anybody. We wouldn't have had a chance to go. I love you. Hey, you've been my best friend. Thanks for being there for, me. we would not a chance to do any of that. I actually looked at my wife. It took me a while. I told you about a year to get to this thought process. I'm like, Hey, at least if cancer ends up getting me, which I don't believe it will. I go, at least I have all this time to tell everybody I love them, I like them, goodbye and what they've done great and how proud of them I am and how they've impacted me. I can, I can do all that. Whereas if I got hit by a bus yesterday, I didn't have a chance to do any of that. So I'm like, I'm pretty thankful. And you know, it's a weird, morbid thought. I know it's so like, what? But it's really true. That's my, that's a change of perspective I have. Like I got that chance. Like, I'm like, hey, I can, I can tell my kids I love them still. I can do it and I can keep doing it and doing it. But it, it's crazy. And when I share that with you, I'm gonna share this part. The first time I was down in treatment, true story, I'm, woe is me, right? I'm going through this full cancer treatment. I'm like, my life is over. This is awful, terrible. First thing I do, I see, I'm in Bradyish. I see a nine-year-old kid. Going through radiation, different type of cancer, but going through radiation, you know, and he didn't, he, he looked like they going through radiation. And I said hi to him, and he's like, hi, and he's smiley, da da da. And I asked him, oh, how old are you? He's like, I'm nine. I said, oh man, you got so much strength. You're awesome. I go, you're like Superman. He goes, oh, thanks. He's like, yeah. And I'm like, gosh, this kid's got so much pep in him and stuff. I honestly, it was the first time in my life where I, I thought that I was old. And what do I mean by that? I mean it in a good way. I was like, Here I am, uh, 45, when I first got diagnosed, and I'm like, I'm so old compared to this nine-year-old. I've experienced so much already. I've seen so much. I've got to be married and have kids. I got to go this, I've done that, I've been this. He's nine. I haven't gotten to do any of that. I was like, you know, another crazy perspective. If, if I was to have died, I'm like, I died old compared to him. And I pray, you know, he's doing great. I hope so. But it was just a change of perspective again. Like, you know what? Yeah, I've seen a lot. I should stop crying and going, woe is me. I'm 45 years old dealing with this. They're nine dealing with the same emotions. I'm dealing with wondering if they're going to see 10 or 11. And I'm going, I'm wondering if I'm going to see 46. I'm like, forget that. I'm old compared to them. So it's another change of perspective for me, right? Uh, you know, no one's life is is, is perfect. It's, it's how you deal with life that makes the difference. Just so you know, it's, it's how we've decided to change our perspective on it that makes a difference. Guys, the body wants to heal. I fully believe that. And, yet, and, and I think everyone needs to embrace it. The body wants to heal. It, it does. It, it wants to be healthy, wants to be strong, wants to be vibrant. We just need to give it the right fuel. We' not giving it the right fuel it, it does not want to heal because it's I mean my doctors constantly were like, you are a quick healer. I mean when I did this and I went in for my first follow-up, they looked at it and I go, holy the doctor, the procedure was like, I, this is amazing because the, the skin is already taken, it's already going back to normal color. This is usually like a year process and we're already seeing like you're like six months ahead of what we normally see and I'm like, Amen. you know, cool, you know, I'm feeding my body the right stuff. I'm being disciplined. I mean, it's a conscious effort. Don't get me wrong. It's not easy. Okay. But, uh, if we take care of ourselves now, I truly believe we can prevent some long-term issues, you know, never too late to decide today. This is something I tell myself every morning. I don't live with cancer. Cancer has to live with me. That's something I tell myself every morning. I wake up, I go, I don't live with cancer. Cancer wakes up and goes, crap, I gotta deal with Gagerson again. That's my perspective every morning before I get out of bed. <laughs> that's one thing I do, and that's, it, it's changed the way I live. Because I'm like, I, I don't live with cancer. I don't wake up going, yeah, I'm Jonathan Gagerson and I live with cancer, uh-uh. I go, I'm Jonathan Gagerson and cancer has to deal with a guy like me, poor thing that's really my perspective and it's taken me a while to get there. It hasn't happened overnight, but I, but I hope what, what maybe you're dealing with something, you know, somebody, maybe you can help them with perspective, right? Cause it's all about that. It's the mindset. I do believe in miracles. Just so you know, uh, I have another version of this presentation that, uh, that I will be launching that actually literally points out all the miracles that have, have already happened in our cancer journey. And there's been a ton of them where we're just like, I can't, I, this is amazing. So I do believe that I really do believe in miracles. I speak out loud every day health. So after I say, Hey, I don't live with cancer. Cancer lives with me. I then go, I'm strong and healthy and vibrant. I'm strong and healthy and vibrant. Every morning I do that before I get out of bed. And then I start my therapy, my hour therapy and stuff, you know, all that great stuff. I make healthy choices every day. Guys, I'm just thankful to wake up and breathe. I get it. You know, I'm just, I'm thankful. I'm breathing today. I re- and you know, you hear that. Oh, so cliche, you know, Instagram hashtag great life. You know, you hear that? Like, yeah. Okay. I honestly, you can look at me and go hashtag thankful to breathe. You know, I'm thankful to, to I don't take swallowing for granted. You never think of your swallowing until you lose it. You never think of your swallowing until you lose it. And I lost it for 12 weeks and was like, about to go on a feeding tube. Feeding tube, ugh. I hear they're not even good food that they put through that, okay? I was about to go on a feeding tube, right? But uh, I don't take my swallowing for granted. I don't take walking for granted. I've never felt more pain in my life than the first step they made me take in the hospital. Literally, I could barely lift up my leg and then maybe I had a walker and i do this. I broke out in sweats. It was so much pain. I mean, I literally looked at the person and said, oh my gosh, so much pain, I'm sweating. She goes, I can see that, you're (laughs) sweating. I'm like, oh my gosh, do I have to do this? Yes, okay. (laughs) I mean, it was like crazy walking, you know? And and another thing, when I was doing that, I could barely take it before I got out of the hospital. I was walking around the whole floor of the hospital with my little IV. Just cruising around, walking, and the nurses are like, "Where did you come from?" I said, "My mother's womb." <laughs> you know, just like everyone else. Okay, I don't take—I I appreciate my wife and kids more than ever. Oh my gosh, you know, it's like you know, oh, I love my wife, I love my kids. No, I really love my wife and love my kids. Faithful. see the blue sky, feel the air. I don't take talking for granted. Now you can see my smile is a little different. All okay? right, a little different little smile than I used to have. I've lost feeling in this lip, never come back um, from what I've been told by the doctors. Um, my right side of my tongue is, uh, is not compliant many of the times. I get spasms in the back of my tongue. If you heard me talking a minute ago, my talking kind of changed a little bit. My speed was because I was having a spasm in my tongue. So all of a sudden I'll be like, you know, just that it just comes out of nowhere. can't control it. So I don't take talking for granted, the fact that I can talk. I was excited because when I was losing my swallowing, my speech was changing too. And my voice was changing. And so I was having trouble even speaking. So it was kind of weird. So I've I, I learned to be thankful for the simple things we take for granted each day. I mean, we take so much for granted. It's crazy. We don't even think about it. We take breathing for granted. We take that. Hey, I can do this. I can get in my car and go wherever I want to go. I can talk. I can sit down and eat out. I'm just starting to get comfortable to eat out with people who are not my wife and kids. Because still every once in a while I'll have a little choking episode, okay? So the idea of like sitting down for a business meal, heck to the no, not gonna happen right now. Uh Uh-uh, because I I could be at the business meal and any moment something could come flying out and land on the guy's lap. Be like, pardon me, do you like ABC? Already (coughs) eating food, you know, ABC food? So you know, so th- those kind of things. Now, this is something that just happened. Doctor Zach and Troy don't even know this yet. I had a major breakthrough. So, November 29th of 2020 was the last time I was able to do a really aggressive workout. So, almost a year ago, and uh, after my surgery, where I used to be able to bang out 100 to 150 push-ups, I could barely do two. I mean, it was just, muscles were all atrophied in my back, the chest, right now I still have a port, and I got a port where they put the chemo in through, I you know, walk around with the port. All this stuff, the neck was stiff. I was like, I'll never do this. I, you know, work out aggressively again, I'd be complaining to my wife. You know, well, I started to, it took a while, it's almost been a year, you know, I started to do some walking here and there and light stuff. Well, something that happened, that I'm pretty excited about and a little crazy is on Halloween, I woke up feeling really great and I did what I call my 350 workout. It's a workout I used to do every Monday and I would do 100 burpees, 100 sit-throughs, 100 jump squats, and 50 push-ups. And before surgery, I used to get it all. My goal was to get it underdone in 20 minutes. I was at 22 minutes on November 29th. That's the last time I did this. And, uh, you know, I've been walking, doing lighter workouts and stuff. And my doctor cleared me to say, look, if you want to go hard, it's all how you feel, I'm like, okay. So I decided to go hard. I woke up, Laura was like, you're crazy. I was like, yes, I am. And I did it. It took me 34 minutes. So I I got my 350 done for the first time in a year. Since then I've done it two more times. So now every Monday, this is now my workout. 100 burpees, 100 sit-throughs, 100 jump squats, 50 push-ups, and so now my goal is to get it back to where I was at 22 minutes. You know, that's my goal, right? I got a ways to go. But again, the body wants to heal. The body wants to get back, the body wants to do. I I, I have all this surgery, and my leg cramps up, my neck is always tight. This is how high I can look up. You should see when Zach or Troy try to adjust my neck, it's an act of God. (laughs) It really is. Okay. But I have all of that and my body can do this. Got back to here. I was an emotional mess after I completed this. I was crying. My my wife and kids all, yay, they clap. My my daughter, my seventeen year old, she's like, Dad, I'm really proud of you. So thanks, huh? And I'm crying. Because this was a massive breakthrough for me. I literally was like, I don't know if I'll ever do anything that aggressive again. And it's amazing, after I felt, I mean, you can tell I'm pretty exhausted, but, but I actually felt really good. So this was a major breakthrough for me, you know? And the crazy part is, you know, there's not a single doctor that will ever look at me and say, you're cured of cancer. They can't do it. They can't. When I went in and told my, I saw my oncologist shortly after this, cause I had an infusion on the, on the, the next day. On, on November 1st was an infusion and, uh, And I went in and he goes, so how you doing? And I was all up said, I'm doing great, feeling good. And he looked at my neck, he goes, yeah, things look good. You feeling any of the itchy, this? No, nothing, I'm feeling great. He goes, that's great. I said, in fact, I just did 350 yesterday. He goes, 350 what? And I told him what I did. He goes, he goes, really? I said, yeah. And Laura's like, yeah, really, he did it. He's a little nuts. He goes, that's awesome. He goes, so obviously you're feeling really good. I said, I'm I'm doing great, man. I'm I'm making strides. He goes, Yeah. He goes, I think I can maybe do three burpees and I don't have cancer. <laughs> you know. And and, and and you know, he's a great doctor. He's phenomenal. And I said, I said, well, that's the point. I said, I said, you know, I, I at least want to. I, I go, if I'm here and I got cancer. I want to take everybody's excuse away. That's that's my goal. I want to make everybody feel it, that they're more empowered than they think they are. Help them with their perspective help everybody to realize, you know, it just doesn't matter, man. It's a, it's a perspective change. You know, another joke I have is this side of my face. I cannot grow any facial hair because it's been radiated twice the side of my face. I couldn't grow facial hair to like here. So, you know, usually, I, you know, I get a little lazy and I won't shave for like three or four days and it gets hairy on this side. So those days, we, my wife and I wake up, and I wake up and I look at her and says, so are you in the mood for sleek city slicker or rugged lumberjack today? Tell me which one you want. You know, we joke around with that, right? Change of perspective, right? At first, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm never gonna grow hair here again. It affected me, I was like, it's just weird to not grow hair on my face and you know, my friend oh it's great i go no it's only half my face it'd be great if like oh like the whole face i never need to shave again no it's half my face dude it's great but yeah, but now the change of perspective i have on it right and it took a little while to get there okay so so it's ver- this was a huge breakthrough for me so now here i am i got no doctor that'll tell me i'm cured you know doctors have told me hey we're, we're running out of options if this doesn't work you know, all those things. But no doctor has told me anything about your life is over. You have 12 months to live. Nobody's told me any of that. And so something I've also had to learn is to stick with the facts, stick with the facts. Don't let your mind go to places it shouldn't go to. You gotta come back and stick with what, what are really the facts here. And I know some of the facts for some people are not just my facts. And I know that they're going through even harder times than me. In fact, just last night, I was having a conversation with someone and they were like, oh, the hardest time. I go, what is that? What he said, Oh, this person's going through the hardest time. I go, what is their hardest time? Oh, they're in a rut with their job and blah, 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 blah. I go, is that the hardest time? I go, cause I went through what I went through and I still don't think I've gone through the hardest thing. I think there's people who go through the hardest, and I brought up the nine-year-old kid example. I think that's harder than what I went through. And I go, there's even harder than that. I'm like, so what's the hardest thing? You can't sit there and tell me you're going through the hardest thing. I mean, what really is that? What does that mean? So anyway, here's me today, right? This is Grand Lake, us having fun, cruising along. Would you think this guy has cancer? He's got cancer, fishing, having a good time, <coughs> and having fun. Uh, I, I hope that you got inspired today I hope you understand that if you're dealing with something or you know someone who is, that there is life with it and you can help them. <coughs> I also want you to know if you know somebody or if there's something and you think that by me speaking with them or getting to know them, I am open to that, to, to, to be able to share with them. I can be also found on Facebook and on uh, Instagram. Um, if you wanted to find me, Jonathan Gagerson, you can, you can find me on Facebook, uh, Instagram, I go by my Jonathan Roy, Roy's my middle name, just so you know, and, uh, and willing to help them as well as uh, any questions or anything, uh, and I know a lot of you, so many patients here, you see me, uh, I come in for treatment just like everyone else, see me, happy to talk about it, I'm very open about my cancer journey. Very welcome to answer any questions because the whole point is my wife and I just want to help people uh, who may have been impacted or just people who are, haven't been impacted but just you know want to help them make better choices uh, of of what they're doing. So, um, but so thank you. I appreciate it for your time today. Thanks so much.